What's up, my friends of ever-expanding and evolving consciousness? It is me, your friend, Mike, and welcome to the Mike Mantel Podcast. This podcast is a space where I explore the wisdom and expertise of people who are killing it in the personal growth movement, intimacy movement, and the consciousness movement. And ultimately, people who have dedicated themselves to fusing their livelihood with their passions, with their gifts, with their service, with their values. Today, I talked with a lady named Danielle Kaners, and it was such a fun conversation. Danielle is Danielle's really great. I met Danielle at Burning Man a couple years ago through our mutual friend, Jordan. Uh, Jordan, who I hope to have on the podcast at some point. He's a really awesome guy as well. And Danielle is an artist and herbalist and healer. And her art is so cool. She's like, she's just an incredibly dedicated individual. She is so deeply dedicated to her spiritual path and to evolving and to learning and to growing and to giving beauty to the world and to healing folks and... And I, I, I have an incredible amount of respect for her. In this episode, we talk about a lot of stuff. We talk about a project she's been working on for two years called Cosmologia. And it was, sound, it was so interesting hearing about it. But essentially, she did a deep dive study into a bunch of ancient cultures and the ways that they relate to the stars, relate to the stars and their different astrological archetypal frameworks and essentially she studied these the astrology of all these cultures of like the celtic egyptian uh, greek and roman uh, etc and created a massive mandala series of each of the astrological signs and the symbols that they contain and she's going to be writing a book on it also really incredible we also just talked about the human journey for a little while about her journey into the life that she's living about how she follows her wisdom and finds her fuck yes and listens to synchronicities and talked about visualizing and her visualizing practices and how determination and resilience and relentlessness are such crucial attributes of of the human journey and we talked about inspiration itself what is inspiration how to find it how to create it and we talked about burning man and how that place is both magical and how it's evolving a lot every time i talk to danielle i I just leave feeling so inspired and full of life and this conversation was no different it was just a true pleasure connecting with her and I, i hope you enjoy the conversation as well and leave with a little bit more juice in your cup. Uh, one thing I really appreciate about her too is she just gives so much space for playful energy. And there's just like a lot of funny and quirky uh, jokes emerging throughout this hour conversation that I uh, got a real, um, uh, found to be a real hoot. All right. Yeah. And whoever you are listening, I want to sincerely thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this journey. And yeah, just simply express my gratitude. And you know, I'm curious from you as well. If you want to suggest any guests that I have on the show, people that I talk to, if you want to give any feedback of what could make this show a more pleasurable or insightful listening experience for you, please send me a Facebook message. Holler at me. Let me know. I would love for this podcast project to be a symbiotic and mutual exchange between me and you. I, I want this to feel uh, co-creative. I don't want this to be me just doing my thing and shouting to the void. I, I, I truly want it to be interactive with whoever's listening. That f- That's important to me. One last bit. If you want to support the show in a tangible way, you can head to iTunes or whichever platform you listen on and give it a star rating. Of course, my preference would be five stars, but... My greater preference is that you give it whatever rating feels resonant to you. Lastly, I want to thank my man, Will Lowry, SoundCloud, the lowrider, writer with a Y, for he created the 
song on this introduction in the background right now and i love this song i think it's really a badass tune and i feel very grateful to have it as my uh, theme song so i want to thank will for that and if you want to hear more of his music check him out and the hope that i have for you today listener is i hope that today is meaningful I hope that you find great meaning in the events that you go through today, whatever those events are. Because what is it to be a human if, if not in search of meaning? All right. I hope you enjoy this conversation with artist, herbalist, and healer, Danielle Kaners. See ya in there. Let's rumble here. We're live. Woo. Woohoo. <laughs> well, technically not live because this is just recording <laughs> into okay, the archives. Close, close enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess just as if you were to just like describe yourself in the current state of your human slash human journey to uh, a third party onlooker, what would you, what would be some of the key things you would bring up there? Well, first and foremost, I definitely identify as a visual artist. And I use my artwork to teach people, essentially, and to bring out the best in everyone. And also with a high, de- a high degree of intentions of healing as well. And to complement that, I also do identify as a healer. And I work in the modalities of breathwork therapy and herbalism. And the most important, I would say, of everything is I identify as a student of life. And that feeds everything I do, always. Yeah, cool. I like that. I like that primary <laughs> identification. There, there's something <laughs> nice about that because it lets the other ones kind of move around as they want to. Mm-hmm. How would you describe the current chapter of your student of life uh, identification? Student of life. So, yeah, this past year. I mean, breathwork is a big theme in the past year that kind of chose me I feel like everything that comes at me I I just I get better and better at at identifying what I should dive into and it's usually based on that that inner knowing there's this this feeling of something I can't shake I need to go deeper into this and breathwork has been the recent one and then synchronicities will happen like first it was breathwork for my own healing journey and then someone reaches out and collaborates and brings that side out of offering it up to others. And then someone else puts me in touch with a powerful collaborator. And her and I have just created this synergy that has taken off since then. So it's, it's like life kind of leads me. And so breathwork has been one big immersion this past year and as well as Another one for the past two and a bit has been astrology, but mostly actually in an archetypal way. So like the mythologies and how ancient civilizations saw the world based on the stars and what that means about how we see the world and how they all compare and contrast because all the major or seemingly, as far as I can tell, all the major civilizations have worshipped the stars in some way. And it's kind of the bedrock for a lot of religions and mythologies as well. Got it. Ah, okay. Mm. I want. Yeah. Two yeah, big yeah. nuggets. No, right those now. are some, <laughs> some great uh, vegan chicken nuggets we got plopped on the table. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, I do want to dive into the um, the is the is the name of that project Cosmologia. Yeah i I've been pronouncing it Cosmologia. Cosmologia, cool. Um, I do want to dive into Cosmologia, but I'm first curious, just um, the way that you're talking about how you navigate through life and noticing when something is calling to you and then you start to look into it deeper and then synchronicities line up. I'm curious, how do you even know when something's calling you in the first place? Like maybe it was for breath work. Where, where do you even get the sense of where to point your compass? Mm-hmm. For breathwork, the seed was planted about four or five years ago, and I I was gifted a session, and I was intrigued. Um, There were some parts of the session that kind of maybe didn't quite work for me, but I was super intrigued, 
And so it was always at the back of my mind that breathwork is interesting and I want more. But I did not know where that more would come from. And there was, it was very hard to explain the whole situation without getting into an unnecessarily sure. long story. <laughs> yeah. But, but there was an opportunity to travel <laughs> that was initially meant to just be a trip with, with my mother that I was able to link up with an opportunity to dive into this work. And at that point, it was, it was just a hell yes. Basically, as soon as it's a hell yes, you know, it, it, it just becomes clear, like, how, how much it speaks to me. And, and there's that gut feeling. And there's kind of like a, a jitteriness. And my mind just sort of says, pay attention to this. And it's, it's just this calling that I can't shake. And, and it would have been a moment where, you know, in the, in the, if I pictured myself going a year and having decided not to do that, I would have regretted. Mm, mm, got it. So I just know. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you have like a hell yes sense of mm-hmm. body, mind, intuition or something like that. And then yeah, often when there's you- definitely, yeah, there's a somatic like body part of or aspect to that too. But yeah. Okay. Cool. And I'm curious. And then once you like take direction and then synchronicities line up as both affirmation of the choice and like pr- propulsion in that direction, what do you sense is happening with uh, when synchronicities happen? Like, I'm curious how that fits into your worldview. Mm-hmm. I feel like synchronicity is a funny one because it's, I always zoom out and I, I jokingly like I I have to reflect on the fact that the fact that we exist. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that we exist is a synchronicity. Yeah. <laughs> and then the fact that our world exists is one huge synchronicity and so basically we are a living synchronicity within a synchronicity. So it's funny when people think that their life is devoid of synchronicities <laughs> when they are one. Um but in terms of being in a moment of of just whoa that was freaky this all lined up way too way too perfectly to be a coincidence i feel that like that's just like a cosmic wink that's like yeah you're you're doing it here's a here's a little bit of wind in your sails keep going <laughs> they tend to happen more and more frequently once you you start to listen to you know those visceral hell yeses mm. Yeah, that's so one thing I'm wondering, too, is because I, I at least the sense I get from listening to you and just from my own exploration is the more I listen to hell yeses, I'm starting to I, I think for me, some goal is approaching a, a life that is just saturated with hell yes. And a lot of what that means, at least from like um a career perspective is like, I want to be doing something that I'm passionate about. And I want to be doing something that gives me meaning and where I'm giving service to other people and the thing I'm uniquely good at and the thing that's an expression of my value set and the thing that grants me the lifestyle I want to live. And I get the sense that your explorations are also leading you to uh, have just like a career is kind of a weird word, but like a career that's (laughs) like just perfectly um, catered to this whole range of hell yeses for you. And I'm wondering if that's true. Is there, is there a moment or a time when you recognize that that was the way you wanted to live life instead of, I mean, there's so many ways to like make money and have that align with passion, but to have it all synced up into this, like, you know, like mega expression. Did did you always have a sense that that's the way that you wanted to do your human? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Do your life. Yeah. <laughs> this whole existence. Yeah, that thing. thing. Um, I think that was beautifully worded, by the way. That's exactly uh, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't know if it presented itself as a key moment. Um, it was kind of just, it just became clearer and clearer because, you know, you go through high school and you're expected to know <laughs> what you're going to be doing after. And it usually has a clean little label. Yeah. And I had a couple inclinations of what I might do. And people used to tell me I should do art. <laughs> and I resented that though. I didn't like being told what to do as well. <laughs> Even if it was something that made sense for me. Um, 
but I I feel like it, it kind of I just followed the next thing that I thought was interesting until it became more and more clear. And for straight out of high school, it was actually working at a health food store. And then it was going to art university and moving to a new city. And the moving to a new city was a key aspect of that because it, it gained me a lot of independence and ability to play. And, and it revealed myself as, or itself as I went along and as I followed the next calling. Yeah. Did you, did your moment, like, was yours just a moment? Yeah. Well, for me, like after I graduated college, yeah, I guess for me, when I was in college, there was just like this little thing that was itching inside of me that was like, um, that knew the, the way I was living life wasn't the most resonant way for me to be living life. I, I was studying. That's like the, that's, that's the opposite yeah. phenomenon where it's still that gut feeling, yeah. but it's like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> where the guts like make it stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I was yeah. studying mathematics at the time and just following a corporate track. And it was just, it was so unaligned, but I had no sense of what else was out there. And yeah. So for me, I read, the Power of Now in uh, 2013. And it was just something about that book at that time where I just got like slapped in the face and like woke up to something else that was happening in reality. But at that point, I was, I went to travel for a couple years and like visited a bunch of monasteries and ashrams and stuff like that. But I was so um, opposed to society at that point in my life. I thought that like money was terrible. I mean, I, I was actually, it was kind of a funny period. I was like, anti-money. I thought like clothing and style was terrible. I thought people shouldn't care about how they looked. I I just wanted everyone to become like an ascetic. That's what I wanted to do at least. I thought that was like the answer. Like leave society. Exactly. Leave society. Sometimes you need that. Like when, when you start, it's usually like a really hard swing of the pendulum where it's utter rejection. Right. For sure. <laughs> and then you come back to some sort of balance of what the big picture might look like exactly exactly yeah so my pendulum swung me into like kind of loincloth loincloth mode for a couple years but you know that loincloth period was a great one it's there's something very like um i don't know life is simple when you're in a loincloth (laughs) in my experience yes it is only got one garment to worry about um, but yeah, eventually, like I, I came around. But for me, for me, it was actually working with a guy. Um, I had him on this podcast a couple months ago. Uh, his name is Dave Burns, but he was the first coach I had. But he just started um, asking me questions at, that I'd never really thought about before, and all of a sudden, I got tapped into my sense of purpose. I'd never considered purpose with a capital P before that, and. Then the purpose with a capital P started to just like flush through me. And then all of a sudden my loincloth, um, I'm not sure what the metaphor is. I don't know if it fell off or <laughs> if I started wearing, like wanting like a loin suit <laughs> or, or growing maybe into just like an entire loin tuxedo <laughs> or wait, tu- whatever, <laughs> tuxedo cloth. <laughs> um, that, but that was the thing for me. And it re- that just like... Um, yeah, it lit a trail of oil that continues to burn as I as I follow it. Yeah, I've learned to more and more the the power of questions, the power of a very well placed, consciously crafted question is probably one of the most powerful things out there. Because it leads people to self reflection. And, and that's even more important than telling them anything. Uh, yeah, questions are incredibly powerful. And I want to question you with a question, which is, are there any questions that you feel are leading your trajectory right now? I would say probably is, you know, simply what what's the next evolution of this? You know, how can I take this further? What's what's the next transformation or iteration of this, whatever this is. And in many cases, it's my understanding of things, my abilities, um, my way of associating and relating with people. And especially 
how I can offer myself to people in every sense of that, like helping them grow and evolve and heal and get inspired. Yeah, that's a yeah. I, that's a really beautiful question because to me that that just points to evolution. Which is really like I, I feel when we get down to it, that's what the human experience is. And when we're not evolving, that's when people get stagnant and stagnancy leads to depression or frustration, anxiety, yeah. all of that. Dude, yeah, I, I, I very much agree. Uh, for me, like the life periods that feel the yuckiest are those where I just feel stuck. This just concept of questions. This is something that um, every once in a while I go through a little uh, Tony Robbins inspiration spree. I, I love that oh, guy. Yeah. <laughs> Great documentary. It, it is it's a wild documentary, especially <laughs> the part of that documentary where he has that woman break up with her boyfriend. <laughs> yes. you know what I'm talking and about? And they got back together. Yeah, yeah. That, that part was disappointing. <laughs> for, sure. <laughs> for sure. But whatever. That, that surely is what was best. Still, yeah, it was really amazing. It was, yeah. Um, but one thing I really like that uh, Tony often says is, well, simply that you, you get the answers to the questions you ask. And and it's an interesting thing of it's, it's so easy, if, at least for me, if I'm not being conscious about it and conscious of uh, cultivating positive thinking for my questions to fall into like, what am I doing wrong? Why, why does the situation suck? Like, why can't I be more successful? Why can't I have more money? And if, as I'm asking myself those questions, like I'm getting answers that answer those questions, but that's just like terrible food to be feeding my subconscious. Yeah. Those aren't the answers you truly want. <laughs> no, They're, not at all. It's, it's just like the, the cycle of, negative momentum but yeah it's being very conscious of what you're asking too and a lot of times our thoughts aren't you know we're not we're not reflecting on them as much as we could be so little thoughts like that and asks like that sneak by yeah just the fact that you're aware of that is already a game changer yeah for sure i there's an activity that uh, every once in a while i'll do that i um in spurts but i brought it again out yesterday, but it's just simply sitting down and asking myself a series of questions. What am I happy about in my life right now? And really thinking about that. What about that makes me happy? How does that make me feel? And then going through yeah, that. And sitting in that feeling. Exactly, like taking exactly. a moment to really feel that. Yeah, for sure. It yeah. feels really great. But just going through that process with different adjectives instead of happy. What makes me, what am I excited about? What am I proud about? And I just love that reflection because it starts to push my way of contemplating in the direction that I want it, which is, I guess you could say towards evolution, towards like just positive, uh, just feeling good. And I'm curious, before this call you were talking, I, I was curious about the your visualization practice. You mentioned it a little bit um, before we started recording, but I'm curious what that looks like for you these days. Mm -hmm. uh, I, it recently evolved, <laughs> like very, very recently, but I, I feel it's going to stick this way for quite a while now. I was at the cabin alone for five days recently, Ooh, nice. which I like to make a practice of doing that sometimes. And this one was really juicy. <laughs> and I went there with a few, a few intentions. One of them was a, just a very simple cleanse, like nothing hardcore, but just eating very simply having a few herbs in the regime just to get a bit clear in the spring. And I brought out some work to complete uh, in my art series. And then I brought some study material and basically went out there with the intention to be yeah, very silent and spend some time in nature and do some reflecting and also be productive. And all of the above happened. And there was one point where I clearly noticed, and yeah, it was it was actually quite amazing. The combination of being out there all alone, turning off all outside validation, all outside stimuli, so very little uh, anything really, contact with anyone. There was a few texts and stuff, but there was no internet, um, just very, all of that gone. I had also just come back from a very affirming experience in Costa Rica, sharing my work. So, you know, coming down from that into a, a, a silent space of no affirmations, 
was really cool. And it brought up some of my shit. And I think also the combination of that and the cleanse, because sometimes when you're cleansing things physically, emotions will come up too. So I started to notice a little bit of insecurities, like a loop of it, actually, a loop of insecurities in my thoughts, and then started consciously deciding to rewrite that script. And I did kind of like a walking meditation slash poem slash prayer, and then started sitting with it's kind of hard to describe, but sitting in a moment and creating a state within myself on my own, which led to me remembering that I had some Joe Dispenza material on my computer. And his, uh, his work, he calls one of his, his teachings, uh, breaking the habit of being yourself. And so this is one that I've kind of started chewing on recently, because I realized I was already doing it. And he just comes at it with his whole background of neuroscience and years of experience in teaching this to others and basically just refined it. So right now, the practice is sitting for about 45 minutes to an hour, getting super present, super present to the point where finally it's like training myself to just be here and not think about the past or the future. And then from that space, using breath work too, to create that that presence and then from that space starting to visualize and then teach my body to feel into experiences that I'm calling in as if they're already here and it's it can get pretty intense like the ideal is that the hands on your you know you get the the little chills and and goosebumps and and your hair standing up and your heart rate's elevated like you're really you're there and your body thinks you're there for all intents and purposes. You are there. When you're visualizing, what would be an example like of you uh, of a future reality that you would inhabit? Or mm-hmm. yeah, and usually I'll I'll visit different aspects of my life. So my my creative practice, abundance is a theme. Um, my community environment, like where I want to live, the ideal lifestyle, relationship. Uh, healing work how how I can help people like even seeing more of that unfolding and even just zooming out on you know a a world that is much more self-actualized fulfilled and balanced and filled with life (laughs) and abundance of life Mm, that's really terrific like there's it just feels so um it feels so valuable to have some type of visualization, even if it looks in a different way, but some type of visualization practice, just because it it is such a valuable way to um, point one's rhetoric. I just find like if I have, if I'm doing any kind of visualizing, I, I feel a lot less aimless. Even if my life, I, I feel like I'm I'm pointing myself somewhere to it to a reality that I want to occupy in some way, shape or form. Yeah, it's it's taking yourself out of just like, the day-to-day grind and and thoughts going to all the little minutiae and often to frustrations too. It's taking a moment to put your mind on the big, beautiful stuff that truly inspires you. So at least you know that every day you're getting that nugget of inspiration to carry through to the rest of your day. Oh, I love that. Inspiration. Huh. This is, I mean, I guess all of these like important words like inspiration are, I mean, they're kind of abstract. But I'm, I'm curious if you were to unpack what inspiration means to you, how would, how would you describe that? It comes back to breath, actually, etymologically, inspire, to, to take in air <laughs> or spirit. Um, but in a larger, just, you know, what, what it's speaking to is really just an, a sense of awe and a sense of, of purpose, I would say, a sense of purpose and awe and beauty and something that leads us to want to to want to give of ourselves and and to want to step up to take you know new new challenges new risks happily because there's this bigger broader beautiful vision that's leading us and and sometimes it's you know tony robbins inspires 
because of his sheer presence, because of his level of energy and all of the the strong messages he delivers and the transformations he creates in people in front of an audience, like those are all inspiring because they, 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 I was going to say inspire us. (laughs) They lead us to want to be a bigger version of, of ourselves essentially. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. I love that. There's, there's something about there of, um, uh, in there about like, I don't know uh, of seeing what's possible or, or believing that something more is possible, uh, both like within oneself. But I also love that in your practice, you'll zoom out to the earth or, or humanity or however you put it, because to me, that can be such a source of inspiration also of just imagining what's possible in this world. And I think that's why like going to a place like Burning Man, for example, can be so inspiring is because you see a shit ton of people behaving in a way that's different than the the norms of the earth currently. And it's just like, wow, there is more possible for humanity than we're doing right now. And it, it, it feels so good to be in that state. That's definitely one important aspect of inspiring too. It's, it's remarkable. It's outside of the norm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. And mm. that's where we met. That's right. We did. Yeah, we did meet <laughs> outside of the norm. <laughs> <laughs> and we inspired each other. <laughs> That's right. Are you going to the burn this year or do you plan to? Uh, I've been invited, but, you know, there's been a few pokes to go, but I'm not feeling called this time around. Got it. Well, How if, about yourself? If you want another poke, um, Uh-oh. Let, oh, let no. me know. I'll, I'll, I'm happy to poke you. <laughs> <laughs> oh no this means you're going i am planning to go this year yeah okay i i did not go uh, last year and another poke <laughs> yeah i'm i'm thinking about um i i do feel some hesitance though because i was just on the website recently and there was just they like they give these like little questionnaires at the beginning now on their website just to like help um instill the value set and a lot of them are around having your phone out there and it's like what's acceptable is like is it acceptable to like take pictures all the time or be on the phone and 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 the idea is like no it's a it's a it's a great place to unplug and i am nerd be present yeah yeah exactly (laughs) it's a great place to be present uh but i i do admittedly feel nervous about how much the culture there probably just like how quickly it's approaching the norms of the rest of the world as opposed to the norms that it itself had created a while back yeah it's grown so much it's you know it's hard for something to stay the same essentially and and as it brings in a much wider audience it brings in a much less specific audience too so it attracts yeah just more people that wouldn't have gone there 12 years ago. Yeah, for sure. And it, I, I do, th- I mean, it's a good thing. It's, and it's not just a good thing. It's just like, that's just how life works. Like it's attracting more. The only thing that's permanent <laughs> is change. For sure. It, exactly. And, <laughs> and how could you not want something, at least like for me, a person who thinks Burning Man has a lot of positive offerings, like how could I not want it to grow and extend its reach to more people? I don't know. So be it. That's, that's just kind of how life works. I've been poked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was. I only poked you with my pinky, though. Let me know if you want the uh, the, oh, the pointer okay. or the thumb. Okay, Con- consensual poking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. <laughs> this might seem like a question out of the blue, but I'm I'm curious. And so, a mutual friend of ours who I'm I'm sure this would be fun, but uh, our friend Ben Benoit told me um, that he, in the most positive light, he views he thinks that you're a beast and. <laughs> Yeah. And I love that. I love that word. I was like, wow. Yeah. Danielle, like from what I know of her, she's a total beast. And I'm wondering. I'll own that word. (laughs) From a place of owning that word, what, what makes you a beast? (laughs) Um, hmm. (laughs) There's multiple aspects of life in which I could be considered a beast, I I suppose. And also I'm I'm asking you to throw any humility out the window as you answer this. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh man. What makes me a beast? Yeah. <laughs> well, relentlessness, definitely. Mm. Yeah, I mean, when I want to create something, it's going to happen. I don't say I'm going to do something unless it's happening. That's definitely one thing I've integrated into my DNA. 
so I'm very careful also to mention any project publicly before I've made that commitment. That's another thing. And I mean, the, the beastness gets incorporated. I think it, ha it has to be holistic beastness because <laughs> that, that gets woven into my physical practice. Like I definitely really enjoy training in ways that I would probably say most females would not. Like I love weights. I love high intensity interval training. I like intense yoga. I used to do marathons. Like I just love pushing myself physically and usually keeping it fresh too. So trying new things. Actually, most recently dance was a hugely uncomfortable thing for me. So I've broken into that as well. I think it's also, there's another quality is, I guess, relentlessly doing the uncomfortable. <laughs> and and some of it's even public speaking. That's been a hurdle for me that, well, now it's mm. happening. So, <laughs> the funny thing about that, there's something terrifying yeah. about that mindset of like, when you discover something you're afraid of, that'll make you go. It's like, shit. <laughs> like, oh, no. Now I have right. to do it. <laughs> Thanks for that reflection. Mm -hmm. That was so cool. At least what I was getting out of that is relentlessness, especially it, like relentlessness, impeccability with your word and giving it to projects of when you say you'll do something that you will indeed do it. Love for intensity and uh, love for growth and the discomfort that comes in there. One thing I'm wondering about relentlessness, because that's something that I've really been exploring recently. I've been exploring the words determination and persistence, which feels very related and for me, like I, I came into deep contact with those words about a month or two ago. I, I was just in a low, like a real low. And I, I really drove myself in there. I abandoned all of my practices, all of my like self-care practices, all of my good habits. And I just like worked myself in the ground and I, I got really fucked up. But when I was in. Did you choose to did you choose to abandon them or they just kind of fell off? They fell one off by one by one, but I really do think on some level I I wanted this to happen. And in some on some level it needed to happen because I'd been getting warning signs throughout the years over burnout and pushing myself too hard. But I would burn out and then recover, burn out, recover. But this burnout was like so much deeper than any other I had had. I it was it was really intense. But when I was at the very, very bottom of it, I ate an edible um, and I was just like, I was in this place of like real, like I felt like I had no ground to stand on. Like any support I'd ever had within my own psyche, you felt like it was gone. And when I was in- You were in the belly of the whale. I was in the belly. I was in such, but it was the like- The dark night of the soul. It, it was a dark night belly around like uh, confidence, around strength, around faith. It was, it was so dark. But and when I was at the very bottom too, while I did not have a Christian awakening, I understood why people turned to Jesus. Like I never thought I would get it. And I was like, holy shit, this is the place that people find Jesus in. But when I was in there, like I, I do the, the fortune I feel about that is I, I touched a determination that I had never touched before because even when I was in this like really fucking void, void space, I saw that there's some part of me that would truly never give up on my sense of purpose. And it was so empowering to know that as dark as it gets, like I, I will have this determination. And that's actually what led before this conversation, I was telling you that I've been into like cold baths and working out in ACDC recently. <laughs> and that was a direct result of like touching that determination. I just, I touched this warrior energy and it just felt so good. And so I've just been like flexing it every day because it, it feels so good to live in that space. And um, that was my own tension about determination, but I was bringing that up to come around because I wanted to ask you when you use the word relentless, I'm wondering if that's a quality that you've always had, or if you had to cultivate it, or if it took you going through something to, to understand that you were relentless. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. Actually, when you were saying your story too, it made me think of like almost turning in you know, whether it's a high or a low, you turned it into a peak experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for because sure. It's, it's just, it's the intensification, which teaches us more about who we are. And it's also, there becomes a point where we almost have to abandon 
abandon our, not abandon our control, but almost like give some power to a higher self or, or a higher power that is beyond us. Cause we really have to accept that we're only human, but there are much greater things happening. Mm, absolutely. And connecting with that can be really uh, relieving actually. It can be. I mean, there, yeah, yeah there's something deeply yeah. relieving about being in a low and it's just like, all right, I give it up. I don't know what, like I give it up to you, God, whatever you are like here, take it. And, and that's very freeing too. Cause some people, some of their issues is control. And so it's like, okay, I can release that and still feel whole. Totally. I mean, I mean, I imagine some people yeah. are controls a bigger thing than others, but everyone has to have that to yes. some degree. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of relentless um, and perseverance or persistence, I would say I've probably had it to some degree for a long time, but it is something that needs to be cultivated for it to be yeah, to, to step up into exceptional, even if the seed was always there. Um, and then, and it's also like a muscle, right? So if, if I cultivated it for a small thing, I'm now much more competent to take on a larger thing. So for example, right now I'm in the midst, we don't have to get into it yet, but in the midst of a project that has taken me over two years to manifest and is definitely stretching beyond my what I expected it to take and I almost had to expect it to take less in order to be crazy enough <laughs> to take it on <laughs> yes amazing and now that I'm doing it I have yeah. to finish oh, that's great <laughs> and um but I wouldn't have been ready to do this one uh if I had started any earlier because I needed to finish a few other ones to build up to that level of persist or perseverance persistence relentlessness and it, it's it just is a quality that keeps growing because you use it if you don't use it you lose it so even if it was there there's always yeah room for growth ah i love that i love i love that i, I love that you like taking taking on a project that's bigger than you realize it is i, I mean <laughs> I, i've got plenty of experience with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, yeah. Let's get into it. I, I'm curious what the what the journey with um, Cosmologia has been. Yes, actually, yeah. Ben Benoit and his family is is definitely largely to thank for the inspiration. Actually, his his cousin Thomas specifically kind of planted the seed, and it was initially talked about as a shirt, a t shirt line, but then it just grew into something. Yeah, so much more out of control. <laughs> Yes. And essentially what it has become is my journey into yeah, astrological symbolism and mythology and exploring ancient civilizations and how they, they viewed the world based on these stories. And it's physically, it's coming into a series of 12 mandalas that are tapestries of symbolism that borrow from all these traditions to bring this synergy that I haven't yet seen before and yeah, create a, a series of mandalas that can be meditated on. And I see, I see the Zodiac too. People get attached to their sign and all that. And that's great, but we are just unique soups of all of those energies. And so it's also learning to connect with each one and see where each one reflects in our life and also where each one reflects in certain events and where we can call on each one in in different experiences and right so like using them as archetypes yes exactly and and in the native american tradition i've i've read that they talk about walking the wheel so it, it was actually considered that throughout your life you go through different phases at, with the mask of each sign and that you were like the people were encouraged to put down the mask and to continue on to the next one when the time is right. And that means letting go of the the aspects, like the strengths of that of that sign and making room for someone else to enjoy them and then moving on to the next one. So it's also just, yeah, getting familiar with these personalities and being able to see the world from an expanded perspective and one that's a little bit more magical which we can all 
quite frankly, use a little bit more of nowadays. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the, these 12 are, I, they're all in graphite and they'll be digitally colored. And what I haven't really told the world yet, and this podcast will be the first to hear it, is that they're all coming together in a 13th piece that's going to, they're all going to fit into. And it's going to be a macroscopic mandala of the whole cosmos in, in a symbolic sense. Huh. Yes. Wow. And then that's going to fill a room. <laughs> and I see, I see this show where you walk in and it's just a whole wall of all the sketches I've done. I've done over a hundred drawings just to prepare for these. And then on one side, it's the original graphites. On the other, it's the colored finished pieces. And then at the end, it's this huge wall of, in, in the whole cosmos. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's and it will so, be a book. Epic. It's going to be a book as well. Wow. Oh my gosh. So what were some of the different cultures that you investigated? Mayan, Chinese, Celtic, uh, Greek, Roman, Native American, uh, Vedic, definitely. Those are some of the major ones. And yeah, there's a few other fringe ones. Wow, interesting. Yeah. So all these cultures have uh, some type of astrological um, yes. set. A, and, a deep a deep core, actually, and, and Egyptian as well, of course. Is it pretty parallel culture to culture? I mean, I'm sure there's obvious differences, but are there common threads that run through each? Yeah, that's what I find so fascinating is, like, even though Celtic, for example, they have, I think they have... That one I haven't dove in too extensively yet, but their signs are trees. And yeah, the Native American signs are animals. Uh, the Mayan calendar actually has like a lunar calendar. It, it's got a couple calendars that fit together like cogs, and it's considered the Zolkin. That one's the most elaborate, and I I feel it, it follows the, the cycles of nature much more much more precisely. There's no... Like every every month is the same amount of days and there's no weird adjustments that need to be made like that. So yeah, there's definitely a lot to learn from all these cultures and and it's fascinating how these stories play into religion. For example, Jesus and his twelve disciples, he's the sun and then the twelve signs of the zodiac. And Da Vinci knew this when he painted the Last Supper, he actually grouped them in seasons. So the, the disciples are grouped in, in groups of three to form four groups of the four seasons. Got it. Wow. I'm, this is so interesting for me. Like um, astrology is not something I've, it's something I'm open to, but I've not dived into. But I mean, there's just something so like undeniable when you see things that cross different cultures, I feel like. And I, I don't think that our, at least in like modern Western American culture, it doesn't seem like we have a paradigm that that houses astrology very well. No. And I'm curious how you're able to, at least in your, your own way of viewing things, navigate the modern Western paradigm where like science says things that make sense and how you're able to sit with both that and, and these ancient ideas that have magic and meaning in it all. Richard Tarnas does it really well. For example, he's a, a scholar and a professor that he wrote Cosmos and Psyche. He's actually really clever. He wrote a book before this one that was more academic to gain him credit. And then he's like, here's some astrology for you guys. Mm, yeah, uh, that's a good move. <laughs> and here's how it ties in with history. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so people like him are really fantastic in bringing that to to the picture. Yeah, the, the whole point of this this project, too, is just to dispel the superficial kind of newspaper readings it's just a super watered down cheesy version of it and i i personally in my life haven't been super concerned on readings although there's a lot of value in that too it just hasn't been the the rabbit hole i've been led down yet um but first of all yeah just seeing how they inform people's whole perspective on life has been huge and yeah so Again, dispelling the superficiality, creating beautiful art just to get people curious enough to look at it without turning their nose up. Because it's it's basically just blowing through preconceived notions that those cheesy readings create. <laughs> and all this like romantic, are you matched with this person? Because 
it's much more complex than that anyway. Our charts are like blueprint or not blueprints, figure prints. Each chart is extremely unique and we're a soup of it all. It's not like your sun sign is the only thing that defines you anyway. Was there a most challenging part or period of this project over the past two years? <laughs> I feel like it's always now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> now is the time that I have to keep going. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, there's been, because there was a really intense research phase, which was really fascinating and juicy. I pulled up a lot of books, some of them from the 1500s or 1600s that were translated. That was like really fun. And then, uh, and then there was actually mapping them out, which was really juicy as well. I did a lot of that uh, on one of the islands in BC over the course of a couple months or one month. But it, it can get really tedious. The method I chose to go with is graphite. And that's probably the biggest bane is I didn't realize how intense and, and lab well, labor intensive graphite is and how nuanced it is. So those... When it gets down to it and I, I'm on to the next piece and the next piece, it's always like, okay, we got this. <laughs> and now it's about to move into a phase of more businessy stuff and writing and promoting. So that'll probably just based on who I am be the most cumbersome, but I realize that's an extension of, of the art as well and, and sharing my work with the world. So trying to embrace each step as unique and fulfilling in its own way. Mm. It's cool to hear you break it down of just the, the life cycle of these very different phases of of what the journey has been like thus far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's going to involve collaborating with more people as I move forward too. And finally sharing it, sharing it for real is, is also kind of scary because I've been working on it for a long time now. So it's like, oh, how are my babies going to get received in the world? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there is certainly something about that. Yeah, putting putting an artistic baby out in the world, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's really scary. <laughs> <laughs> and and not to mention I hadn't anticipated it to take this long. So this is a project I haven't been able to financially reap any rewards from while it's being created. So it's also put me in an interesting situation that I've thankfully just been carried through. And I'm like some, some, yeah, again, just synchronicities. It's just being carried in its own way. I'm like, wow. That's, that's amazing. And I'm also wondering though, I haven't seen the art looking at some of the art that you've done in the past. I know that you use a lot of symbolic images and I'm wondering if you came across any symbols or symbolic images you included that really like struck you. There's a lot. Yeah, in each piece, there really has been quite a few that speak deeply. But for example, since I'm a herbalist, I've also thrown in herbs in each piece or most of the pieces. And each plant has a personality. And the, the personalities actually fit in closely with this, the signs because they have, for example, like fiery plants are going to sit with a fiery sign and then there's nuances of each fiery sign. So it was really interesting to just weave in aspects of my other lives <laughs> in with these symbols as well. And yeah, that's a very classical thing too. Uh, Nicholas Culpepper used to, he used to actually extensively document the astrological foundations of herbs. And actually Hippocrates said that any physician is no physician if they don't know astrology, which is a pretty bold statement. Yeah. One other thing I'm wondering of just in general, what it's like to be a visual artist, which is um, a form of expression that I have very little um, experience in is, so you're putting all this time and making this, this like beautiful piece of work that has so much symbolism to, to you. And I'm wondering, do you, I'm just, I guess I'm wondering what it's like to have people view the thing that you create. Like, do you have um, reactions that you want people to have? Like, do you want people to get it the way that you got it? Or does it not necessarily matter what they get from it as long as they get something from it? I'm just curious, what goes on inside of you as you release something and you have people interpret your art and experience your art in ways that might be what you uh, match like your experience, but might be totally different or... <laughs> 
my ultimate dream is for the pieces to in some way transform me and therefore in some way transform others. And it can take a lot of different forms, but if it's inspiring people, if it's leading them on a whole new trail of knowledge and wisdom, if it's somehow just causing them to view life in an expanded way, those are all like right on the bullseye of what I would want. If it's, if it's in some way healing them, all of these things are fabulous. And yeah, and I, I find that that can take a, a lot of different specific forms. And it is really great to, to connect with people when, when those types of things have happened to them. Mm-hmm. Or for Got them. it. So does it, not, does it matter less to you if like you have some specific symbolism and imagery about, I don't know, like how herbs relate to astrology maybe someone sees that and they're like, oh my God, I totally get it because I'm an herbalist and like this makes total sense to me. And maybe me, I'm some peon and I see it and I'm like, whoa, that herb is cool and it makes me feel good or something. <laughs> I love that. I think I think the work speaks to different people in different ways in that sense. Kind of like how South Park has layers mm-hmm. of humor to it that not everyone will will be you know in line with. And that's awesome. And maybe maybe you can revisit a South Park episode like three years later and realize you, you missed a whole layer of it. <laughs> and and that's that's also so rewarding. I want this this work to evolve with or kind of the viewing of the work to evolve as the person evolves too. There's something beautiful about creating art that anybody can access or relate to, because I can just imagine how in any world of art, I can imagine how things get very can get very esoteric if you're only communicating to people with as like nuanced knowledge and understanding as, as you, the artist, has. You don't know what the lemniscate symbol is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow! Fucking noob. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, I think it's so cool. Even when a five-year-old just super resonates with one of my pieces, and yeah, and they, they don't, yeah, they they just know that they like it. Yeah, they know how it makes them feel, and that's beautiful. Mm. That's awesome. Danielle, we're running into time, and I'm right. wondering if you oh, could time. Say about time. <laughs> and I'm wondering if you could say where folks can find you and reasons why they may want to look you up. Definitely. Uh, well, if you want to follow up on hearing more about this project and many more beyond this, because I've got a lot of visions that I'm super excited to create beyond this one as well. So to follow up on Cosmologia and beyond, you can check out my website at artistherbalist.com. And I have a newsletter for the big announcements. And my Instagram, artist.herbalist, is where I post all the the bits and and the process uh, work and, and my thoughts and studies. And if you really want, you can connect on Facebook too, just with my personal account. That's where I share more life stuff. And... Yeah, that's the gist of it. I also, I pulled up a little quote that I just wrote down yesterday, I think, that kind of relates to some of what we talked about. And it was, uh, master the art of saying no, so you can create space to receive your hell yes. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I'm, I'm feeling that right now. <laughs> Wonderful. Danielle, thank you so much for taking the time to connect. Thank you. I guess I just want to appreciate uh, you have this like really beautiful intersection of, well, both like inspiration, playfulness and uh, sincerity. And I think it's a really wonderful combo. And I always enjoy so much connecting with you. And uh, again, thanks for thanks for taking the time. Thank you. It's fully mutual. And yeah, I'm super happy to see this vision happening. Because you said it was happening and it happened. And it also took 10 times as long as I thought it would. That's okay. That is okay. You followed through. For sure. (laughs) You were relentless. Yes, yes, I was. I I learned a lot. There's no doubt. Uh, Yeah, it's always great to connect. Yeah, likewise. Well, maybe I'll see you at the Baron Danielle and otherwise I'll see you at some point somewhere else in the future. Is that that an index finger poke? Uh, That was the double thumb. (laughs) (laughs) Right in the ribs. Boom. Uh.
Damn. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess I could have like NLP'd you stronger. It's like, all right, Danielle, I'm looking forward to seeing you at the burn. Just like really gone with it. <laughs> Suggestion. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh. Hey, friends. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you got something out of this episode. I know that I sure had a blast with it. If you enjoy this podcast, please head over to iTunes and give it a five-star rating. I'm offering an exchange right now where if it feels in alignment for you to give this podcast five stars, then send me a message on Facebook, let me know you did it, and then I'll sit down, take some time to grok your profile, and I will write you a thoughtful and sincere compliment. Truly, please take me up on it. And if this episode touched on something you think a friend might find titillating, pass it on to them too. And I just want to say, I bring my utmost sincerity to each of these conversations, and I really do want to spread vibes and information that cause people to reflect and deepen and just live a more honest, kind, and vivacious life. Because I really believe that the state of the world needs everything that we can give it. It needs people to be at full capacity. It needs people to be living their life fully and giving their greatest positive impact to humanity. And so if I can just flick over one domino with this podcast that flicks over a couple more that lead people into living their life fully and giving back to the earth, then by Jove, man, I will be a happy dude. So trying to do my part here and any help, love, and support, I would just so greatly appreciate. And at the very least, I am super appreciated that you listened to this episode and much love, folks. I'll see you next time.